podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. How's it going, people? Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to the Forever Arsenal podcast. Been a little while since the game week shows that we do. Obviously, hopefully you checked out the last show we've done, which was the, the all-time Arsenal draft that came out last week. Forever Arsenal crew with Lee Judges there as well in Thailand with the birds chirping. Um, so make sure you show that video some love. Lee's not with us today. He's unavailable. He's out enjoying He's tired of getting dog points for being late now. And I'm, to be honest, I'm tired of it as well. Like, he's not very professional. He doesn't, you know, turn up on time. Sometimes you'll 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 be here waiting at 8:50 a.m. He's on a motorbike in the middle of Thailand, just enjoying himself with his top off. So I think you know we we had a discussion off there, and it's best for him to you know not attend this one, um, see it from the stands, and then you know come back in for the next one. And we hope for a you know a Carlos Tevez return. Man City 2013 14. That's what we hope for. That's what we hope for. But listen, as as it was when Carlos Tevez was at, they still had what a Sergio Aguero, and we still got a Sergio Aguero of our own coming in for the Carlos Tevez. And then in the bottom right corner, we've got Mr. Curtis Shaw TV. What are you saying, Curtis? I was panicking. I was thinking if he calls me like Jacko or something, I don't know how I'm going to take that. But Aguero, I take that all day long, bro. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> Uh, Underrated baller, man. Obviously, um, really enjoy this show. Usually, I come on when Jordan's not here because he's doing work worldwide as he is. But I'm glad he's here today because me and him always have interesting football discussions. We do, we do, so, yeah, man. We do. You're always wrong, but I enjoy, I enjoy jousting with you. I enjoy jousting. With you. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Big up yourself, Curtis. Man, big up yourself. Thanks for coming. Curtis, any yeah. argument you have with Jordan, I suggest that you refer it to the comments because the comments don't tend to like him. So if you put the votes, <laughs> you'll, you'll win. You'll win whatever. Easy win. Easy, then, easy, easy win. win. All right. Easy win. <laughs> easy W. Three points. That's what we need on the weekend. I don't know if Arsenal can yeah. do the same with Jordan on the weekend, but for three points, I wouldn't mind. And them sacrificing good old Jordan in the top right there. I'll Jordan, are, are you good? Where, where are you? Are you in Thailand now as well? I'm saying, well, you're not. With, you're I'm not. I'm not. I wish. Sun, I wish. The sun shining in you. I don't know where, where you are, bro. So now I'm home. I'm home, but I'm just getting that that West London glare. You know what I mean? I'm getting that West London sunshine coming through, um, blessing my face. So no, no, I, I wish I was in Thailand, but just in cold West London. Cold West London. James, you've been anywhere over the winter break or you just been eagerly anticipating Arsenal's return? I've just been freezing. So cold. I hate I hate this time of year. I hate it. Yeah. See, December makes it bearable because like Christmas and whatever, but January's a shit month, let's be real. Every month and the only thing I'm like, well, it's all right because you know, football, well, we've lost all our games. Oh, okay, well. I don't know. Transfers. Well, we haven't signed anyone. All right. So bring on Feb. Has anybody <laughs> realised like how relaxed we've been without Arsenal? Like I've I've enjoyed yeah. the break a little bit. I think I needed yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, we need like, I, I think the fans I think the fans needed it. I, yeah. I, I want I wanted a game to come straight away just to get that, you know, mm. whatever it is off our backs, you know, because I expect to beat Palace and we'll get into Palace. But I think the players and, and Arteta needed the last two weeks. But you know what? Before we get into the last two weeks and the game coming up and what the players needed, the manager needed and what we expect. James mentioned 
the, the transfer window essentially and and it's been very quiet um a lot of people hope for tony then brentford come out of a post where it looks like that's tony staying then tony comes out of an interview where it looks like he's open to move so that's gonna you know that's gonna go back and forth for the rest of the month but from my perspective you know i don't think that's something that's even close to being a likely move for us um but what could be a likely move one that i wouldn't say is past the club even in the financial situation they find themselves in is a loan move for Karim Benzema so with a lot of rumors around his name the need for a striker and you know what he brings outside of goal scoring what he brings outside of goal scoring being at the highest level he's pretty much done it all um is that someone that you know we should Curtis special guest on the show Let, let's start with you transfer window's been quiet but there does seem like an opportunity for someone out there to potentially bring in a Benzema? I mean, first of all, you have to like check the date on your phone, don't you? I thought like I was in 2015, like Benzema rumours, you know what I mean? Real Madrid. So yeah, it's interesting. Maybe Jan I heard, Villa I heard Hig Higuain's on the other plane as well. Higuain's <laughs> there as well. Draxler's, you know, at, at Coley as well. Them. We're getting <laughs> them. <laughs> Listen, um, we, we know the situation we're in. The money's not there or... It appears we can't spend it if it is there, and we've probably got to look at the loan market. Benzema, you would feel like is a no-brainer just because of the experience, the quality that he brings. I always think as a striker, the thing you never lose is your ability, your ability to finish chances. You know, you might lose a yard of pace, you might not be a shot, but in front of goal, you keep that instinct. And for me, I, I think it's a no-brainer. Um, I know some people have said doesn't look quite as sharp over there. Maybe his motivation's lacking um, compared to leaving Real Madrid. So he might have to get his fitness up a little bit. But I think to get Benzema in for six months and then go and get a long... I'll tell you, I'll tell you who doesn't look the sharpest, the fucking ones we've got already. So don't worry about who's sharp and who's not out there. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, he's, he's not going to be any worse than, than what the other guys have been doing at the moment. And we are creating a lot of chances, as we've seen, the amount of shots we're having on goal. So, you know, if you're getting Benzema two, three good chances a game, I'm sure he'll put one or two of them away. I suppose the problem you've got with that move is, from Arteta's point of view, you bring Benzema in for six months and drop um, Jesus and them, is he going to put people's nose out of joint a little bit? Not that that's something that would bother me because football is ruthless and we need to try and win. But just from his point of view, would he upset the apple cart by bringing in a Benzema for six months, dropping Jesus and then, you know, moving from there? But for me, if, if Arsenal can get that deal done, it's a no-brainer, get him in for six months. James, I think you, you was about to speak, but is it a case of... Because when 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 Curtis says it, dropping Jesus, it doesn't sound like something you know any of us would potentially have wanted this time twelve months ago or just before the injury at the World Cup. But you know, it is someone that there's a lot of question marks over in terms of his return in front of goal. Um, but it's someone that can also play right wing, someone that can also play left wing. So Karen Benzema coming in, I don't really think it has the impact that it could have on Jesus because I could see him then becoming, you know, the sidekick to a Karim Benzema or to a proper striker that comes in. Yeah, but I mean, I think we have these fears because Arteta's proven not very good at rotating. He's just not very good at mixing up the team. Um, is that trust or is it? I don't know. What would, what do you I think? don't know because I kind of understood it in his early years. Like he only maybe had a core of 12 to 13 players. He really kind of trusted. But, you know, we're going into games saying, well, 
You know, Trossard needs more minutes. Kivior needs more minutes. Nelson, he gave a new deal to. What's going on there? Smith Rowe gave the number ten to. You know, that feels like that feels like a trust thing. But also, a lot of these players he signed. So, if you get Benzema in for six months, like for for me, that's perfect because I mean, look, the whole wages thing. I what can Arsenal do? I don't know, and 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 understand that there's obviously a limit to how far Arsenal are willing to go on that front. But you know, Saka doesn't look himself this season. His numbers are better than ever, but, you know, in terms of the rate at which he's getting them, but he doesn't look himself. So there's nothing wrong with Benzema leading the line every now and again with Jesus out on the right. So it doesn't have to be Jesus necessarily that loses his place. Martinelli hasn't been in good form, so he plays Jesus out on the left. Or if Jesus isn't bearing his chances, which he hasn't been, and he's had three injuries already this season, all three of them knee-related, then Benzema does start a few games, and then maybe you're not aggravating that, situation and putting Jesus under pressure to be that guy when you know he's clearly still struggling to find that sort of 100% top fitness since his knee injury last season so yeah I think I think a loan deal like that is something we should be looking at and this is a guy who got 19 goals in La Liga last season in 24 appearances you know he was still banging goals then 27 goals the league before so it's not that we're not getting some washed player it was only six months ago he'd just come off the back of a 19-goal season for Real Madrid. So, yeah, I, I think for six months, it's absolutely worth the punt for me. Yeah. Before I move on to Jordan, I mean, Curtis, James, I've, I've, I've avoided social media over the winter break. I've had a few days off. Um, but what, how likely is this move? Is this is this very likely that Benzema does move and it's who, who he moves to that's more the... It, it's bait. very likely he moves to Europe. I think he'll come back to Europe. But but I but whether it's us, I just don't I just don't see Arsenal doing it. There are rumours and like people are having their fun with it online. Um there have been some reports that Arsenal are considering it. But yeah, I'm not I'm not saying it's definitely not happening. I just uh, it all feels to me like you know, Isaac two years ago. Mm. That kind of thing. We want him, but it's not doable. Yeah, they love him, but it's not doable. It feels like that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from from what I've read, I mean, it, there's only really one reporter that put it out there, and it obviously he got a lot of traction from that story. And I just think it just feels so un-Arsenal like this deal. The wages are huge as well. Um, I think they were saying he's on like two and a half million pound a week or something crazy like that. So even if You've got to pay a portion of that. You might have to pay five, six hundred thousand a week. I just don't. I don't know yeah. if it's doable. But the, the the good thing is he's kind of. It seems like he hasn't turned up for their sort of midwinter oh, yeah. break, so he's rebelling a little bit. You know, Henderson's just rebelled and got the move. Firmino apparently is, could be moving, so he may push for the move. Firmino. I think Firmino come out and or, or someone come out in his camp to say that they're going to stay. Oh, they're going to stay. Okay, yeah. But would you have done that deal? No. For me, no. Six no. months alone. No, I don't no. think... No. I think Benzema would lift the whole club and I do think the club needs a lift. Fan base and the players. Um, for me, no, yeah. not for me. It's... Jordan. Sorry, James. No, I was going to say, it was a quick line. I, I, I don't see this happening, but Eddie out, 30 million, Benzema on loan and you're getting like an Onana or someone. I know that sounds crazy. Like That sounds Onana, 50 million and Benzema on loan. I don't think that should be as undoable as it sounds. But that would that would be the kind of thing that makes me think, yeah, we've not 
We've not spent 100 million, but I feel like the squad's a much better place. But Everton are, are seemingly under pressure right now. Yeah, they're in trouble. What did I read this morning about 40 million? Someone bid something for one of their players. Branthwaite. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they might have to sell him as well. Apparently, Arsenal are looking at him. I think it was Alex Crook who said that. And he's actually quite good on the Arsenal stuff. So, I I have a feeling that the window's too quiet and something's yeah. going to explode soon. It's way too... And I mean for all clubs. Chelsea, yeah. City, Liverpool. Yeah. I think the last week... I think everyone, because of FFP, is slowly plotting, waiting to see what certain clubs' financial situations are, see if anyone gets desperate. And then I think the last week might come to life. Jordan, um, mm. let, me, let me frame this question in a different way then off the back of what James and um, Curtis said. Let's say January 27th, it's official. Karen Benzema signs six-month loan deal for Chelsea or signs six-month loan deal for Man United or signs six-month loan deal at, you know, insert club here and it's not Arsenal. Do you feel like Arsenal would have missed the trick? Do you feel, you know, like that should be us? Or do you think this is one that's really we, we missed out on? No point looking back. He's 36 <clears> now and his motivation ain't there. So it would be a panic move. I would feel like we've missed the trick and missed out if the deal was doable and we didn't do it. Mm. But I think, as James alluded to, is it forget Benzema, can we sign anybody at the moment? I mean, the simple bare binary facts are if we can't buy anyone, we can't buy anyone. <laughs> so there's no point debating for the next three weeks about buying people. Um, if, the, if, the, if the math ain't mathing, then it's a kind of moot point. But I can normally find a negative or a, a reason to maybe not sign pretty much any transfer that we're linked with. I can normally find, even if the positives are with the negatives, I can always find like a couple of like, mm, there's that and yeah, but there is that. With this, with this uh, speculation on, on Benzema, I genuinely can't find a reason why it doesn't make sense. It's only a loan. If you can make the financials work from our end of it, great. I agree with James. I don't think he's washed up. I think there's still someone that can, even for six months, get you 10 Premier League goals between now and May. Um, I agree with Curtis. I think it would give the club a lift. I think right now, not only the team, I think the club needs a lift. You bring in Karim Benzema, even at the back end of his career, that's that's still that's still um that's 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 still a big move uh, for the club. Um like Curtis said as well, I mean it does feel like it's typical Arsenal, you know, signing a player three, four, five years after they probably should have signed that player. Um but I, I genuinely can't really see a massive downside. I think I think you'll bang. I think with the chance we're creating, uh, you know, in the last month alone, yeah, I think he gets at least three, four goals in 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 that period. So, I I, I can't really see um, a, a, a particular downside to doing the deal. I don't think we'll do any deals this year. I disagree with James in where he made the point about it being a, a relatively slow start to the window for all clubs. He thinks it will get better. I don't. I don't. I, I don't. I don't think any team, any fan, should expect. Um, huge excitement or drama or incomings in this particular window. I think FFP has got everybody shook. I think FFP has got everybody looking at their finances. And I think it's got everyone asking themselves at a time when teams are getting fined and getting points deducted and getting really scrutinised, is it really necessary in this window to go big? There's probably only a couple of teams you could say have to spend. Um, Chelsea, 
I think they, they have to spend. Chelsea can't finish eighth. They just can't finish eighth. So they have to, if they if they can, p- 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 press the button. But I don't think most teams have to. I think most teams will probably rather wait. And my final point would be, I made this point before, I don't think Arsenal, despite wanting to win the Premier League title this year and being in a, albeit outside position now, should panic. I don't think they should go for a good player. If they can't get the guy they want in this window, I would wait. I heard Robbie doing a stream a couple of weeks ago about whether he thinks Arsenal should go for Tony now versus Osherman. Just as two examples, in the summer, if that is the, the if that is a genuine possibility, I'd wait. And if it means you finish second or third, that's crap. Uh, that's not what any Arsenal fan wants, of course. But I just don't think you want to blow that much money on a guy that isn't your first choice in this window. I would I would re up, learn lessons. Um, lick your lick your Havertz wounds, and, and go again in the summer. Do you not Can't think, Jordan? That I, <laughs> I don't. I, they're I don't deep know. wounds, to be fair, though, because they're deep wounds. They're deep wounds. Oh, we're dead. I don't. We're I don't dead, know. <laughs> wounds were fucking leaking. There's no hospital in, my, in miles. <laughs> <laughs> so um, James. No. <laughs> <laughs> back I don't think we'll ever there. recover truly from this habit. <laughs> yeah, no. What are you uh, saying? It's, it's a matter of minutes. Man's dying. Yeah. He's, dead. Oh. He's bled out. Yeah, <laughs> you no, know, wife, John. Someone, please call nine one one. He's singing it in the rain, bro. Please, someone, bro. Someone. He's done. <laughs> Sorry, James. Sorry. No, I was, I was going to ask. Um, do you not think? And, and I don't know. I don't know what I'm even suggesting here, but. Do you not think like the transfer window as a product, because because the transfer window is a thing that exists for clubs to sign players, but it's also like a total vehicle for entertainment. I like, hate it. You know, do you not think? And again, I don't know what I'm saying here it, because it sounds like I'm saying, oh, FFP and the Premier League will will relax to allow business, but I I just feel like that can broadcasters and the media and the Premier League product have a quiet transfer window? Like, it feels like it... I I don't think... I do. I don't think the media and the industry wants a quiet transfer window because transfer windows drive interest, drive numbers, drive noise, drive talk, drive articles, drive broadcasts and content. Um... And and also it makes agents get busy and, and it enables them to kind of uh, play players off against each other and clubs. It's it's a whole industry that I hate. I hate this period of the window of the of the season. I I know some people love it. I despise a transfer window. I'm starting to hate um, it. I'm I've always to. hated it. It's just a, it's a myth and it's noise. And just before Curtis kind of comes in, I, I personally think that Arsenal and I know we'll get onto it in a bit, Turkish. But I think at this period, it's not really about who should we be buying and who are we linked with? I think it's about just going back to basics and just, if anything, bringing down the noise and just kind of like, right, Crystal Palace is the focus. Because right about now, so on the last pod we did for the draft one, for me, it's a crisis. We lose at Palace. This is bad. We're then kind of going into a top four battle. So for me, all the noise around transfers for me is the last thing we need, especially at a time when the likelihood is 
we can't and won't sign anybody. Let's go back to basics. Let's go back to winning, getting three points in a clean sheet against against Palace and picking up our season again. This period, to kind of answer the question I think you're asking, James, I hate it, but I understand why it's it's ramped up. Yeah, I just feel like one of two things may happen. Either, again, I don't know how this manifests itself, but there's some kind of like, look, the transfer window needs to be good because of all the things you said it drives. So I don't know what escalates that, but I just have a feeling that are we going to go a whole window with, I mean, when I say nothing, nothing is happening. Drag us into Tottenham. That is it. And then a couple other loans. Like it is beyond quiet. So I think someone will pick up there. Also just the nature of economics, like one domino falls. And, you know, is it, is it a case of actually Chelsea do spend that, I don't know. Do they spend that 50 million that gives another club a 50 million? And then the sort of the ball gets rolling a little bit. I, I don't know. I wonder if there's going to be something like that that maybe kicks things off in the market. But I think the strange thing about this window is because um, it's probably been one of the quietest Januaries we've ever seen, like you said. But there's a lot of teams that you look at and think they could do with doing business. Like we need one or two players. Man United don't look great. Chelsea could do with a striker. So you're thinking. Is it this profit and sustainability thing that the Premier League have introduced seems a lot more strict than the FFP rules? And people are actually having to say, we can't get around that. Look what they've done to Everton, Forrester in trouble. So I think the, these stricter protocols are, are almost stopping clubs from, from doing business in this window. I'd, I'd chuck City and Liverpool as well, by the way, in terms of teams that could do some business. I think, I, and City, you know, I'm not... City and, need someone. No, I think they could win the title without anyone. But, but you know, they, they had De Bruyne out for four months. Okay, he's just returned. My word, what a return. I think we're probably going to talk about that. Uh, Mars and Gundogan have gone out. Kovacic and Nunes have done okay. Haaland's had some injuries out. Like, I do think they look maybe short of one or two, just in terms of the perfect squad. Stones has had injuries this season. I think Liverpool could do with a centre-back and, and, a, and a six as well. Um, yeah. So, I, I think I think pretty much everyone would would like to so would, would, would like to but i don't think will yeah. and just, as his point just a second ago i actually don't think it is a bad thing i don't think it's a bad thing at all i think part of the reason why and it's a wider discussion around football and and, and you know who's successful in that but part of the problem for me is that this kind of splurging and this reliance on solving problems spent we gotta buy we gotta buy we gotta buy and another point i made in the last pod about arteta going back to coaching how about you coach that squad you've got is not an awful squad. All right, is it a Premier League winning squad? Maybe it is, maybe it's not. Cool. But it's not an awful squad. This idea that every kind we just leap from window to window and as fans, we gotta buy a right back, we gotta buy a number 10, we gotta buy a DM, we gotta buy a center back. At what point do managers have to just manage? Just manage your team. This, 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 this kind of this 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 cop out of. Bye, 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 bye. I'm sorry, it's, 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 it's got to stop. So I actually don't mind if there's minimal transfer windows, minimal spending in this window, because we're going to now see who the real managers are. Yeah. yeah. Oh, anyway, that doesn't bode well when it's Arteta Pep Klopp, does it? Maybe not, maybe not, maybe not. You know, maybe not. Um, and there's an argument that he he coached it to the maximum level last season. That's why I won't completely dismiss the notion that spend is part of the fix moving forward. 
because I look at our side and you ask, you know, is it is it good enough for a Premier League title? Probably no, if I'm honest with you. Probably no. Uh, more for me for maybe thinking it was earlier on in the season. But as I sit here now and I see some of the changes, you know, Havertz coming in key position, a lack of a backup striker, consistent injury problems for a couple of it. I don't think it's it's primed for a Premier League title, especially when you look at what Man City and what Liverpool have. The reason Man City don't need to go into the market this month is because of Arsenal and and slightly Liverpool as well. You think if we didn't capitalise and go five to eight points clear during that their blip and their club World Cup, they'd be buying a player this this window for sure, yeah. for sure. But they they're looking at it like you know what we had our blip, you know one one in six. And we're still a few points off the top. So really, we don't need to do much. And Champions League doesn't look like, you know, that's upped in level since last year. They're still the favourites for that. So I think when it comes to Arsenal, it's, it's, it's a big one. It's a big one because we can't fall off. That's one thing we can't do from here is fall off. Otherwise, all that hard work Arteta's done, it will slowly but surely unravel. If we lose against Crystal Palace... That is madness. And I know it's still very early on in the season, but the run we're on, we're all expecting to come back from this break. We're all expecting that this break was the the, the time needed to take a step back, analyse what's gone wrong, fix it and go forward. We're all looking at the next four games and, and, and asking how many points we should get from the four. If we start those four games without winning against Palace, I, I, the, the the questions will ramp up for Mikel Arteta for the rest of the season. That's for sure. And I think rightly so, because FFP, I, you know, over the years, it's really jarred me. FFP, PSR, whatever all these things are, JSA, all of that stuff. I don't, I, I, don't, I don't know what... The, you know, said JSA. <laughs> yeah, and then it's some sort of scheme. Like, I don't know what's going on. So... For me, every GCSE. Man said JSA. No, no, he went crazy. He went mad. I'd heard that for years. Right, we're all schemes Bro, we've had some JSA transfer windows though. Kim Kalstrom days and that. I'm sure Kim Kalstrom got lost on the way to Job Center when he arrived. I'm telling you, man. I'm sure. But yeah, you're right though. It's not the first time. FFP has been over Arsenal's head famously or infamously. Wenger, prior to even coming in, was trying to prime this club for FFP. FFP is coming, we've got to save. Whilst we're watching every Tom, Dick and Harry around us, spend, 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 bringing top players, bringing, we're selling top players because of something that's potentially coming in. So in terms of this whole FFP thing, I'm tired. We was, we was nailing down on FFP before it was a thing because of Arsene Wenger. Part of the reason I was so frustrated with him he was such a financial, like you know, expert. He was a don in, in in the economic world or whatever, that he could foresee something coming. That he tried to manage. You know what? Similar to the stadium move. The stadium move was done because you know at the time ticket, you know, um, income was one of the biggest forms of income. Benga saw that they worked together get a stadium. By the time the stadium's done, ticket income is probably third, fourth on the list of you know um, income over the financial year. So. That, that falls off a bit. I think similar with FFP, he thought it's going to come in. He thought they're going to be stringent. He thought teams like Chelsea, Man City, PSG, etc. would get fined, would get thrown out of competitions, might get... It hasn't happened. So all those years, we was priming ourselves for fucking FFP, ended up a loss-making football club. I've, I'm sick of it, but this window here, after all the reset, after all the refresh, I have to look at... And it's not only Mikel Arteta because of that Havertz thing. Mikel Arteta is one person, but Edu is another because of all the lack of sales, the lack of income we've got from our sales have na- has now seemingly caught up to us because 
It's all good and well, Man City or Liverpool not spending money this month. They've won major runners over the last six years. They can potentially wait. Arsenal should be in a position where, because they can't spend, because they've spent a lot and won, you know, majors and, and you know, the <clears> spent <throat> has made sense. It should be us scooping in now, getting one, two players and going over the line. But instead, it seems like we are waiting the same way Man City and Liverpool are waiting. And if all three of us are waiting and it comes down to, like Jordan said, best manager stand up, we don't need to wait for that. Because hmm. if it's Pep Klopp and Arteta, I'm sorry, if, if you love Arteta, if you're, you know, it, it, he doesn't stand up to Pep or Klopp. He doesn't, and he might never stand up to Pep or Klopp. They're, those two are legendary managers in their own right. One's up there with the greatest of all time and one has gone... To, has gone toe-to-toe with one of the greatest all-time. In a similar fashion to what Wenger did with Ferguson, that's what Klopp's done with Guardiola. Obviously not the league titles that Wenger had, but Champions League and so on. So I'm just frustrated that we're in a position of FFP and, and it's the manager and, and director of football I'm looking at. You know, usually yeah, I mean, it, the owners. Yeah, I, I, I do think Arteta's 600 million spend or whatever it is in the, all the years that we weren't in the Champions League probably speaks to the fact that actually we did manage something quite well financially behind the scenes that allowed us to do that because you think the Declan Rice Havertz deals all that was done before we even kicked a ball back in the Champions League obviously we knew we had it so that had played a part but there was a you know they, they spent a lot of money at a time where I thought I'm, I'm just surprised the last few years there hasn't been more discussion around Arsenal can't afford Arsenal can't do and that's not because that's how it should be you know, with the owners we have, you know, they're rich owners and we're a rich club. You know, I, it, we've done what I thought we would, but I, I guess I'm just saying the FFP conversations come around. And like, I'm not surprised by this now, um, but you're right. Like, I kind of wish we'd, you know, just managed our resources better. We wouldn't have to, if we did our job better in the summer, I actually think all four of us would be happy not doing anything this window. Because you know what, James, can I, can I just, sorry to cut you there, but you know what's frustrating me the most? The same fans that two years ago or one year ago or three years ago, when I'm like, for mm. goodness sake, sell Maitland-Niles to Wolves. They said 19 million, sell him. Or Eddie and Ketcher, for goodness sake, you got 20, 25, sell him. At that time, I know Curtis is probably along the similar... I'm like, what's their dude doing? What's Arteta doing? We need to get money for some of these players. Otherwise, down the line, it's yeah. going to cost us. The same fans at that time saying, stop being negative. Who wants them? Like, who is selling well? Like, we have to get rid of them. We we need to clear up. Those are the same fans that now will be giving excuses for the same people saying, well, what do you want them to do? FFP, we didn't sell well. You know, we have to... Well, two years ago, when, when people like me were mentioning the fact that not selling well will catch up to us at some point, were dismissed as negative or pessimistic and ride the wave, enjoy the trajectory. Well, I've enjoyed, but we're there now. And it seems like to get a bit more up there to for the trajectory to really get over the line, some spend is going to be required. Some ruthless or a bit more ruthless decisions will be required because Arteta's been ruthless in his time at Arsenal, but he's been ruthless with the players that... Listen, on one hand, you can argue that Ozu has such a fan base that it was bold of Arteta to go against him. You could argue that Oba has such a fan base that it was bold for Arteta to go against him. <laughs> 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 hey, I'm sure he's just one player of the month in France, you know. Don't let me start pulling out. Don't get Laurie started as well, please. Also, we all know that player of the month. 
player of the month don't hold the same weight these days. Is no, what they don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you see, with, you see, with those two, as much as they both had fan bases where you might say it's bold of Arteta to do that, they also had a lot of critics that were tired of it. With Ozil, I was tired. I'm glad Arteta, you know, finally ended that one because it was costing us the contract, the wages, the productivity. It wasn't matching up with Oba. I understood it. Even with a Gwenduzi, I understood it. So we've seen him be ruthless before with players that get under his skin. Players are getting under my skin now. And I'm not saying be ruthless because, oh, shit, Turkish is, you know, Eddie's getting under his skin. Let's sell him. <laughs> but if, surely if he's getting under my skin, well, he's getting under other fans' that, skin. He's, I have a... Bro, now's the time to forget the players that, you know, you, you came in and you played chess with and you mo made those bold moves to, to stamp your authority as manager because credit to you for that. Now's the time to do that with the players that you actually thought you might be able to turn around. Now's the time to do it with players that, you know, if you let go, you might have a few fans on your back saying, how can you let him go? He's a, he's a great number two striker. How can you let him go? He can win headers in the final third, all of this. He has to do these decisions now, in my opinion. I mean, I mean, for me, just briefly, a couple of quick points there. Like you said, Arteta, he has been ruthless at times, but where I want to see him change is, for example, you look at somebody like Rob Holding. For a long time, I think a lot of Arsenal fans were like, Rob Holding's not good enough, you know? And he was the backup centre-half. It's not like he was fifth choice and hardly kicking a ball. When Saliba got injured, he came in. Holding then leaves the club and fans would say, yeah, but Holding's a good backup player. He goes to Crystal Palace, doesn't get one start, and Roy Hodgson's talking about cancelling his contract. So you're looking, going, the guy was our backup centre-back, can't get a kick at Palace and could be getting paid up. Now, the same thing to me applies with your yeah, El Nenis. Um, Nketiah maybe not quite as bad, but I still look at Nketiah and think, what level does he end up at if he leaves Arsenal? I think also, like you were saying with Maitland-Niles, sometimes we miss that, that peak moment to sell the player when they have more value. You know, we know that Palace and clubs are looking at Eddie, He's in the England squad this year. Maybe that's the best time to cash in. He's 25. It's not like he's 18 and just come out of the under-21s. And then, like you said, with the with the player sales, we know that to be a successful club, you've got to buy well and sell well. You know, all these Ozils, Aubameyangs, all these guys, no matter what we thought about them, they walked out of the door for nothing. We didn't, we didn't see a penny. Barcelona got 12 million plus Alonso for Aubameyang six months after we handed him out for nothing. And Richard Garlick and Edu was high-fiving each other on the Amazon documentary. I'm going, you've got to pick up money for these guys so that in the future we can go and spend. And, and just quickly, the last one. I think sometimes as a club, you reach a point where you build a foundation and then you have to kind of, you know, use that and springboard forward. And I felt like that point for Arsenal was in the summer. I thought all that sort of dirty work that Arteta had been doing over the years and grinding through those seasons. It was like, you've reached a point now, you're going to start this year in a title race. Big players want to join you. You know, Declan Rice turned down City to come to us. And you think you've got to nail that transfer window. And I think 50% of it we got right, which was Rice and Timber. Timber's injury was unfortunate. But the other 50% for me, David Raya, and um, and Havertz, we didn't nail it. And I think that summer when Liverpool went and got Allison and got Van Dyke, they nailed it and they went from top four to, you know, I think they won the Champions League the year after. So I think it just feels like we missed a huge opportunity in the summer with the transfers. And then you think, 
how long does it take us to unravel those issues? Because then you've got Havertz there, the owners looking at you going, well, you've invested so much money, you've got to try and get something out of him. So I feel like he's almost undone a lot of the good work that he's done in previous years. I think I think Havertz is an interesting yeah. one as well because you know it's it's not it's not been good at all and there's a lot of money that's been spent on him as a huge outlay wages and and transfer fee in an era where you know everyone's talking about 80 90 100 million pound signings we seem to think that 65 mil is not a lot of money 65 million pounds is still a lot of money to spend on a on a, on a player and what's interesting for me is do Arsenal decide we made a mistake let's cut our cut our losses and just kind of move him on in the summer or do they think, as you said there, Curtis, well, we spent a lot of money on him. You know, we've seen, albeit prior Chelsea, he's got talent and ability. You've got to try and get that out of him. And do we persist with him? And do we get to a point where in three years' time, he's still at Arsenal, still not really ripping it up? And we're thinking, you should have cut the contracts like 18 months ago sort of thing. So I'm really inter in interested to see how the Havertz one plays out because... It will tell us a lot about <clears throat> the club and and their transfer transfer tone, if you like. Are they going to be roofing to be like, you know what, you messed up here. Let's cut the tie, move on, take the L, take the loss, lost a bit of money on him, keep it moving. Or did they decide actually no, it's been a bad first year, but we're gonna we're gonna believe that this guy can still come good, which can happen. You know, Chelsea didn't get every single transfer right. You know, when they were splashing the cash, and you know, on on route to having all their success. The difference with them is he felt that they would always go again, go again, spend what was necessary, hire and fire. You know, Ancelotti finished second and what was he? Won the FA Cup in the Premier League, finished yeah. second the year after he was gone. Like, mm. you know, so so we don't quite have that approach. But you're right, the Havertz one is interesting because I also think if Arteta is really going to, I was about to say make it work, and I don't know what that looks like, but even if you get, a decent squad player out of the guy. Uh, can, can we can we at least settle on where he's going to play? You know, that's one thing I'd like. You know, well, that, while listen, I'm I'm happy to be critical of him, and I have been. I don't think Havertz has been anywhere near good enough. I don't think he's resembling a twenty million pound player right now. But in his defence, and I'm going to attempt this, I don't think it helps when Nagelsmann, your international coach, sees you as an inverted left back. You know, your former club saw you as like a striker slash second striker. Arteta sees you as a left eight, some <clears throat> granite Xhaka replacement when he's got almost none of Xhaka's attributes bar the left foot. You know, people online are calling you the RVP regen. I don't think anyone has a clue what he is. But if Arteta, mistake, could, man, that, early, if Arteta could settle <laughs> on what he wants him to be, maybe he might start to get some consistency in terms of just some decent performances, keeping things going, squad player. His best impacts for me have been off uh, off the bench. He's actually made decent impacts off the bench. I've been happy with him off the bench. Um, and he started the community shield up front. Now, that community shield slightly ruined by then his start up front against Liverpool, which I thought was poor. A lot of people were talking about his hold-up play, his general play being good, bar the finishing. I totally disagree. I saw a comp doing the rounds, and people were going, you know, people thought he wasn't good. And I was like, you thought he was like this comp's convinced you he was good that it did nothing. It made me think he was, it was worse that game, but I do have to, I do have to feel for him to a point where it's like, he knows there's a lot of pressure on him, big price tag. 
he is not going to deliver if you're moving him all around the pitch. That includes playing him in the Erdegaard role one week out on the right and then on the left in the Xhaka role a week after. Just set on some consistency. He is but trying. I think, I think, that, I think your early point there, James, is the key point. It's the fact that nobody seems to know his strength. No one seems to be sorted on where he where he should be playing and Arteta seemingly who's, who's the most important person in this even yeah. he doesn't seem to Turkish has said before that when he first came in he spoke about him being a midfielder but yet in the cup game when you've actually got Nketiah striker who's your backup striker to come in for Jesus to play up up top you're playing Havertz so and I think Trossard. the fact that we've or Trossard you've spent 65 mil on this guy but yet not only has he not performed well we don't even know where he's best. It's not like Raya. David Raya, all right, you can't move David Raya as a goalkeeper. He's had some really poor performances. He's had a few okay ones as well. I don't think you can, you can say that with, with Kai Havertz. And I know people talk about, we disagreed on this, on, on the, uh, the Brentford game where he got the winner. I, he came on and got scored the winner. He didn't play well that game for me. I know you guys think he did. I don't think he played well. He got the winner. He made an impact. He did something brilliant. But his performance in that 30 minutes, for me, he didn't play well. So I think the only game I've seen Kai Havertz play this season, where I think for a significant period of the game, where he impacted the game, his performance was to an elite level, was Luton away. Luton away is the only game this season where I'm like, no, you're one of our top two players on the pitch that day. All the other performances for me have been average to good. Or, or, or should I say poor to good. Do you know what I mean? And for a £65 million player, at this point in the season, we shouldn't still be wondering, what is it you're meant to... But Arteta needs to help. Arteta needs to help that. Like, no I'm... one... Curtis, you've played to a good level. Like, I don't think any player benefits from one minute you're here, one minute you're there, one minute can you do a right-back shift, next minute can you be an impact sub? Actually, you know, Ramsey and Raya aren't doing it. Do you mind giving it a go and go? He's six foot four. Like... It's not yeah. going to... That's the one thing I will say in his defence. Uh, I think the one thing you would say, though, against Havertz is, I almost think, number one, they must have had discussions before he joined about where he was going to play, and he must have said, yeah, I can do that. I think if he'd have nailed that sort of left number eight role, you know, he would stay there, wouldn't he? He'd be on the left, Odegaard's on the right. So I think as much as we're saying Arteta's moving him and he needs consistency, I think... If Havertz was playing well, you know, that consistency you would find is... I almost think Arteta has to move him because he's like, I've played you five times there, you haven't done anything. Now I'll try you up front and I'll try you off the bench. And he's just trying. You can see when he scored at Brentford, he was the happiest man in the world. It was like, look at him. You know, I can justify all the money I've spent on him. But we know that ain't going to cut it, you know. For that much money, we need we need that on a regular basis. Yeah. I said Arteta's got special qualities. I'm going to keep referring back to this before I say something that the other side will find mad because I want people to know I still believe that. But he was stupid for that move. Oh, Completely yeah. and utterly stupid move. And don't get it twisted. Over the years, we've all, you know, praised him in some way, shape or form for bringing Arsenal back up here. That's why I can say this. He was stupid. It was... I... Every week I load up this show or load up bigs. And one of the first things I think is I can't believe we've got Kai Havertz. Mm. I can't. I can't believe it. Turkish. Sorry, I don't think the word is stupid. I think the word is unnecessary and ego led. No, bro, Jordan, I think I it was ego led. Stupid. I'm. I swear, stupid. Even if it's ego led, you're right because I think there's some of that in it. But you, the 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 ego can lead you to stupid decisions. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
I think that's I think that's what it's done because it was completely left field. Do you know the amount of eights that went, including someone who I don't really mention that I, that I've watched throughout this season, but Tillemans on a free is a ten times better transfer than Kai Havertz. Forget McAllister, forget Kudus, forget Diaby, forget Madison, forget Shabozlai, forget whoever else has gone in this window in in a similar position or position we need. Even Yuri Tillemans who people ripped me about 12 to 18 months ago when I said, well, his contract's coming to an end. You know, if, if he's available, adds depth into the position. Tillemans, he's not good enough. Have you seen him? He doesn't run. Look at what we fucking ended up with. Jordan, you know when you said they're ego-led, so do you think Arteta was kind of thinking, I'm the one that can prove everybody wrong? Like, I yeah. can unearth the... Yeah, yeah. I think, I think it was a... And, and, and I, I said unnecessary first because it, it, it didn't need, it, it, I think, I don't know Arteta, but it looked like he was trying to be like, just too smart for his own good. Hmm. I can see something. And I and I tried to, hence my kind of hypothesizing about the Kaka characteristics comparison. I think he was trying to overthink it and think I can see something in you and I can make you do this and I can get that player out of you. And I was like, bro, a, you didn't need to, you didn't need to do all of that. Just buy a number eight. There were plenty of eights in the market. You didn't need to buy a number eight who isn't for me a number eight who's yeah. had two poor seasons. Now I liked Kai Havertz. I, I was, I'm, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I said I think technically he's a very gifted player. I don't think he's crap. But the evidence this season we're seeing yeah, at man. Arsenal six months, I, I, I have to hold that one because right about now I don't know if it's the wrong position, the wrong system. He's bombed. He's absolutely bombed. So I say ego-led because I think it's him, similar to Raya, trying to be too smart for his own good. Yeah. You didn't need to prioritise a goalkeeper, bro. You didn't need to go and get Kai Havertz for 65 mil. That's a lot of money, bro. We're not City. We don't spe- we're not United. We don't spend... That's our that third kind of highest transfer. Third oh, highest transfer. It's a shocker. It's a it's, shocker. It's pretty... We ran some stats on a video I did on AFTV that... He spent 65 million on three forwards in his whole time at Arsenal. So we can we can talk about Havertz as a player, but I mean there's a there's a question around allocation of funds. There's a question around how I'm not saying Arsenal should have gone out there and bought Kevin De Bruyne. There's one Kevin De Bruyne. I, I am in the camp, by the way, of greatest midfielder the Premier League scene for me. The the best I've seen. And there are very few players that can do what he does, but that doesn't mean that that caliber below, that tier below of a similar mold of player, a final third difference maker, doesn't add something massive to our team. To think that, you know what, Jesus, I think Jesus can lead the line in a title winning team, but he needs help. He needs someone else. Saka needs some backup. Erdegaard, I think we've been seeing for a couple of years now that Erdegaard can make the difference in a final third. He's not the final third difference maker i actually you all might think this is crazy i think Vieira is closer to that guy i think Vieira is closer to that magic out of nothing with a football in the final third than probably anything we've got in our team and i just wonder why this is a guy who everyone always says he's a novice manager so he doesn't know what he's doing he did you know he did work under pep guardian he was in the changing room on the training ground with David Silva, with Kevin De Bruyne, with Bernardo Silva, with Phil Foden, with Sergio Aguero, when Jesus was a backup to Aguero. like He saw 
the the level of quality you need, the depth you need to keep up. And I'm so surprised that we're in window, what, 10, 11 under, under Mikel Arteta, and he's never really addressed that final third, you know, yeah. killer, whether it's that passer, whether it's that finisher, whether it's whatever it is. I believe you can win the league with a false nine. I don't think you need a 30-goal-a-season striker. But if you're going to get that rate of goals, someone's got to be making them happen. And I just am so surprised at the total lack of investment in any other area of the pitch. And next thing you know, he wants another defender. This guy loves dual winners. That Forest uh, press, that Forest um, team talk, you know, when I lose a duel, I'm upset. Uh, he meant it. <laughs> he's, he's just... <laughs> Can I just sorry because I know we've got to move on to because can I just go back very briefly to a point that um James just made just then about De Bruyne? Can I ask all three of you who do you think is the Premier League's greatest ever player? Player, no, don't even ask me, James. Yeah, Thierry. Okay, so the talk of the last week has been about Kevin De Bruyne being the greatest ever midfielder. I'll go one step further. I think we're talking now about the first genuine contender to the greatest ever player in the Premier League. I think Salah was kind of flirting with it and still could take that crown when he finishes. I genuinely feel De Bruyne has now surpassed the greatest midfielder chat. I think he's in that, I think he's a genuine contender to Thierry Henry to replace him as the Premier League's greatest ever midfielder, uh, greatest ever player. I, I genuinely believe that. I think the guy's a genius. And I think we're seeing, he's a joy to watch like Henry. He's won more Prems than Henri. I think the longevity of his time in the Premier League now, he's not been here two or three years. He's been here now a significant period of time. Nine years. Say, nine years is a chunk of time in the Premier League. And I just wanted to briefly kind of get you. I know we're Thierry Henry, guys. I know we're biased. I know we're Arsenal. But I think there's a genuine conversation now about, I'm not saying he's number one, but I think he's the first genuine contender to consider as a replacement to, to, to Thierry Henry. For for me, just just quickly with De Bruyne, like I think, like you said, unbelievable player, one of the best midfielders we've ever seen in the Prem. But I think I still just don't think his impact on the Premier League is anywhere near as big as Thierry's. I feel like when Thierry left, it was like no one's going to touch what I've done there. And I don't think anybody, especially a striker, has come close to what he's done. I think De Bruyne's only had I could be wrong here. I think he's only had two seasons where he's got over 10 goals in the Premier League, which you'd be shocked. But I mean, that's yeah, the yeah. key. That's yeah. the reason why I think we we lean towards Henri, because we're comparing goals versus creativity. And we, we yeah. lean towards goals, right? Goals are more sexy. Goals are more memorable. He's got more goals than KDB. But I, I think that if we look at it just from players and impact, I would argue that De Bruyne has, has at least matched Henri's impact. I don't think I don't think you can say Not impact me. because what Thierry Henry done for this league on and off the pitch done for this this country. Rather than, I mean, listen, I know I know it's a small thing now when you look back on it, but no, no, you're right, you're right, you're right. The Premier League at one point was cultureless. You know, and and that that's not to say it wasn't a it wasn't a good league because it was a good league, hundred percent. But there wasn't that pizzazz in it, and and as much as Wenger brought that in, a lot of that really came in with Thierry Henry as well. That arrogance, mm -hmm. that I am world class. There wasn't anyone close to being a Ballon d'Or winner before him, in my opinion. I know Michael Owen won it, the FIFA World Player of the Year. I'm talking about more than Ballon d'Or because that was the main at that time. But I know Michael Owen won. I know Beckham might have finished second or thirds. But really and truly, Henry was the one that, whether you're an Arsenal fan, a United fan, a Liverpool, he should have won it. 
And I think a lot of people, fans of opposition clubs, can admit he should have won it. And what's the, I mean, what's De Bruyne the best? The be, what, what's his best attribute? I guess passing, assisting, you know, and playing between the lines. Henri, uh, he's got the record with Henri in terms of assists. That 20 goal, 20 assist season, people underrated so much because we didn't win the league that year. We only won the FA Cup. But 20 goals and 20 assists, only Messi's done that. Only Messi's done that in a league season. And he's an alien. Didn't so Yaya do that? Nah, not 20 goals, 20 assists. In I the league. He got 20 assists now. In the league, Jordan. He had 22 goals, 20 assists, I think, off the mm. top of my head. That 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 season, crazy. And that wasn't even a title winning season, let alone the title winning season. No, but you no, know no, what? I, I, here, you I know coming, you know the brain's return against Newcastle. You know what it reminded me of? I won't say he's near Henri because for me he's not. And maybe that's biased, maybe because my moments, you know, Henri was was part of them. But his return against Newcastle reminded me of Henri against Sparta Prague. I don't know if you don't remember. I do. I remember. I remember. Injured for a while. Comes off the bench. We need a goal. Chest sit down outside of the boot. Bottom corner. And it's just that you knew this guy's going to do something. When he's on the pitch, Mm -hmm. 89 minutes has gone. He hasn't done nothing. You know something's coming. And De Bruyne is that sort of a player. But in my opinion, that is exactly the sort of player circling back to the conversation we was having on Arsenal that we lack. As much as we like Saka, as much as we like Martinelli, as much as we like Jesus or Declan Rice, or we haven't got that player that backs against the wall, that the other team is defending, you know, immaculately. We haven't got that one player that can just pull something out, that one player that we can turn to and say, he's about to do something. And we haven't had that for a very, very... I think Alexis Sanchez was probably the last player that we fought. He's going to do something over this 90 minutes. Or RVP. That last year, yeah. RVP was a great yeah, yeah. His last year was crazy. I just think I just think Thierry's impact worldwide, and I know, like you said, some yeah, of it is off the pitch, point. but yeah. you pulled your socks above your <laughs> knees because of Henri. If you said, what was your goal like? He said it was, oh, the Henri finish. You knew, open up your body, pass it in the far corner. Yeah. The knee slide, the, the World Cup um, with France. I just think De Bruyne total package. I don't think his impact is anywhere near as big as Henri. That's but fair. I, I, I agree with you. Ability-wise, he's incredible, but Thierry's just just different. J- James, briefly, boy. Sometimes we talk about um, when we talk about legends, and I didn't watch a lot, you know, all of them. But sometimes you feel like in the modern era of football, you know, how would they fare? Not saying they wouldn't be as good, but you know, the games evolved so much. Someone like Thierry Henry, I don't like. No one would ever throw that at him because that like, what didn't he have? Do you know what I mean? Like, I, you know, let's say you drop Thierry Henry into this Arsenal team right now. You're not talking about a lack of hold-up play. <laughs> You're not talking about a lack of contribution elsewhere. You mentioned the 20 goals, 20 assists, drifting out left so Martinelli can dart inside. Like what? Like he was just perfect. Um, so for me, De Bruyne is the best midfielder I've ever seen. I didn't, and this isn't me saying I didn't rate them before our fans get all upset. I didn't love Lampard and Gerrard. I think from a profile perspective, as much as others, I always loved the, I'm not saying they're better, but I love the Fabregas's, the David Silvers, those kind Te- of players. Technicians. Yeah, mm-hmm. real technicians. Um, so I don't know if that's a bias there because people, not you know, not even just Liverpool fans, you know, they hold Gerrard to like, you know, such a level. And I, I never quite felt as enchanted by him like I do De Bruyne. De Bruyne just like, he came on against Newcastle. And I kind of thought, Oh, that's why we're not winning the league. And I know that's like really 
defeatist and we can and i do believe we can and you know great stories and all that but the guy just side-footed it into the like net from 20 yards like it was yeah. nothing it's the best goal of the game okay it's can't do that one-on-one -on -one with the keeper just a bowling ball yeah <laughs> you're right one-on-one -on -one with the keeper he went i'll do it from 20 yards you idiot you know? and then look at the ball that he played to oscar bob just like right? rip their whole defense apart it's just but like you also i don't think i'm exaggerating when i say if that's slightly ahead, the keeper gets there. If it's slightly behind, the defender deals with it. Like, he hit that one perfect. perfect air of the pitch. And I thought, yeah. So, unless Vieira evolves into some, like... Low it, low it, low it, low it, low it. Yeah, don't do that. No, I'm just saying, we, we, I'm saying we don't have anyone who can attempt. Like, Er Erdogan might attempt, but I, I don't think we have a player who can conjure something out of like they, they, can, they can do it consistently james and yeah. in the pressure moments not in the fourth minute <laughs> i'm talking yeah. every other game in the yeah. minutes that matter minute. in the that 90th out. minute to win the game and I, I know this is an arsenal podcast but i've seen some wild videos uh comparing uh, well putting lampard above the Bruyne, and i'm just like no. i just don't understand why people just need feel the need to say things for content like, for me, De Bruyne goes clear of the three, your three favourites anyway. Skulls, Gerard, and Lampard. And Lampard's lucky to be in that group, in my opinion. But I'm seeing people put genuine arguments forward to suggest that Lampard... <coughs> Matisse. <coughs> Matisse. Oh. Well, they're jumping on the goals, aren't they? That's why. He did oh, it's just embarrassing, on. Curtis. I've said some <laughs> wild things, but come on. Come on, man. Sorry. We're, we're, just, we're kind of going off track. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you see that um, you're all going to think I'm like, you know, loving Fabio Vieira. I'm, I'm just saying, like, did you guys not see that? I'm a little bit worried. I'm not, not going to. Well, worry. fair enough. But did you guys not see that 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 moment from De Bruyne? Think we don't have anyone who can. Uh, okay, I'll give you a good example. James Madison is nowhere near Kevin De Bruyne, but he can do something in a final third that turns a game on its head. Like, yeah. and I just kept asking. Who is our closest? And then I remember back to the Fulham game where it was 1-1 and Vieira whipped that low ball into the box for Enketia. Like, only Vieira can play that pass, in my opinion, in our squad. I, I, don't, I don't know if anyone else can. I think Odegaard's meant to be that guy, isn't he, really? Yeah, Give but me I... Ball, I'll make something happen. I think we've seen moments. He's got the technical quality too. But to do is also like a... Do you see it? Do you dare? Do you like all those other things? Mm. And we need we need a bit of that. And I know that we're all calling for a striker. And it's amazing after all this money spent that we actually still need so much because we're actually talking about two 80 million pound players there potentially. But I think we need that final third monster from midfield as, as much as we need a striker. If I'm honest, to, to compete at the level City have for so many years, you need both. Maybe maybe a striker gets you over the line one year. Maybe a 30-goal-a-season striker or, or, or forward makes that happen one season. But the reason they've been so consistent, City, is ultimately because they've got players that have done it for so long and have that consistency and do it in lots of different ways. Yeah, and when you build on top of that, it's a very different base to build yeah. on top of, you know, some of the ones we've seen in recent years, especially ours when Arteta came in. But um, bearing in mind time, Let's slowly but surely move it on to, um, well, let me bring up the prediction table and a, a little Palace chat, what we want to see, and then, and then get into predictions. 
no change people uh, obviously audio listeners as well um it's been the winter break for arsenal so just a reminder 30 games played 30 predictions made james is top on 23 points i'm in second on 21 points lee in third on 18 points with three correct scores jordan also an 18 but fourth because of one correct score so that 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 determines the order of of predictions people but yeah palace i mean elise is probably the one to look out for um quality player will probably get a move this summer and p- probably a player that I'd like to see you know come to Arsenal and provide competition and 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 you know debt for the for the second position do I think it'll happen no but I'm just you know throwing that out there in terms of I like his profile quite a bit Eze is also quality um Jordan did you just put your hand up yeah just just to kind of respond to your point there Turkish I think there's arguably um a similar a very similar game coming up to the West Ham game. If you look at the West Ham team and how they set up, I don't think we should expect anything too different to in, in this game. I think defensively, they'll be solid. They'll be a block. We know what they're about, but they've actually got some attackers that can can hurt, man. Can, you just named a couple there. So we've almost, in my opinion, had a, a rehearsal <laughs> for this game <laughs> because the West Ham game was, was what I expect this game to be. Um, I, I think it's a massive game. If if you, I think even if you draw, a draw is a loss for me on this one. I yeah, think even, yeah. you can't even afford to draw this game. Um, you're, you're in big, big trouble. Um, I don't have Spurs as title contenders. I know people go, oh, but they're only one point behind Arsenal. They're not. They're not. They're not built for this for, for the for the long haul. But if you drop points here and then Spurs win, as, as I mentioned earlier on, you are genuinely in a battle for top four. I think Palace will come and think. A point's a good result. And I think we have to come back from this Dubai trip with a different mindset. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again, basics. Just go back to basics. Win your headers, you know, block crosses, put good crosses into, into, into their box, hit the hit the near post. Just do the basics really, really well, because I think thinking about the title, we've got to forget about that for now. Just win a game, then win two games then win four games and then see where we are yeah. come the end of February, March. Just creep back into a bit of form. This game is massive for me. So I, I, I genuinely feel that th- there's a chance for us to kind of get back on the horse. We've been rested, been away. Let's come back and let's just get back to basics and, you know, clean sheets, a clean sheet, and then go from there. Hopefully they've been doing some finishing practice uh, in Dubai because, um, yeah, I don't see any strike coming anytime soon. Yeah. I said, I said to um, Josh the other day. You all know Josh. I said Dubai. I would have sent them to fucking Bulgaria or something after the form <laughs> they're on. And then Josh explained why you can't do that. And I said, Yeah, don't don't get. I probably would be sacked as well using them to, them terms them <laughs> methods. But um, listen, they've had a break. Dubai, beautiful families have been invited. You know, off the back of the poorest form we've seen in eighteen months. No excuses. No excuses. Now you 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 come back. You you put Palace to the sword. I know Palace have got threats of their own, but I expect goals against them now. We're at home. We've 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 let you know Arsenal let the fans down in 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 recent games. Now it's time to bounce back, and I think it's the. I think we've got one chance to bounce back, if I'm honest. And this is the chance to bounce back. I think if it gets any worse, then the rally, you know starts to settle a lot more than it does if it hasn't already. I think for, for me, I've told you my thoughts about the league. I didn't think we'd win it originally at the start. And I think we're some way off, you know, me thinking that's that's different now. 
Um, I actually predicted second at the start of the season. If you ask me to make a prediction now, I'd probably say third. Um, but yeah, Palace, we should just get the job done. James Curtis, anything really to add on, on onto this game? After you, Curtis. I mean, I think Jordan nailed it there. Just win a game of football. Forget about the transfer window. Forget about winning the league. Forget just win this game. And listen, 12.30 kickoff, you know, all the eyes of the world are going to be on us. You know, we're in a bad run of form. The media are talking about us. The game's on TV. Um, you know, Palace have only won one in their last five, but, you know, they We're drew right. two all with Man City. They only lost 2-1 to Liverpool after the red card and, and, and stuff like that. So, like you said, they're going to park two double-decker buses on the edge of the box, try and hit us on the counter-attack. So, we know what the game plan is, but the longer the game is nil-nil, the more nervous Arsenal will get because the crowd will be a little bit edgy and they know the pressure they're under. But, there's no excuse. They've had they've had nearly two weeks off. They went to Dubai. They were relaxed. You look at Palace. Palace played um, in the FA Cup replay yesterday and, and got beat to Everton. So, you know, psychologically, they're not yeah. in, in great shape. So, for me, listen, sometimes when you're under pressure, you've got to show what you're really about. If this team are genuine title contenders or they are this top quality team that a lot of people think they are, then... Crystal Palace at home, you've got to win that game. So I think it's a it's a result over performance game. We'd all like to see a great performance as well. But I think just get out of there with three points. Looking ahead at the next few games, I think we've got Forest, then Liverpool, then West Ham. These next two have got to be a nailed on six points. So yeah, you've you've got to be beating Palace at home. So no one's gonna say it then, no? Go on. Rob holding masterclass. Uh, <laughs> he won't be on the pitch, mate. He'll be filling up water bottles. Rifles one in the top corner. Winks at the camera. He wasn't Imagine. even on the. He wasn't even. Is he injured or something? He wasn't even playing FA Cup, was he? Uh, Roy, oh, Roy don't want nothing to do with him, mate. Oh jeez. <laughs> Listen, I've seen. I've seen crazy storylines. I am. Um, <laughs> I. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, look, there's a big part of me that's like, just win the game of football. There's the other part of me that's like, come back and show us you're raring to go and fired up. Because, you know, this would have been a break in Dubai and then I've done some warm weather training and take some time to, you know, recoup energy or whatever. And that look, that's fine. I think we've all been fairly understanding of that to a degree. I also hope they come back going, we're out of both cups. Like the, the two yeah. competitions we felt we had the best chance in really because City sort of, can sometimes throw them away or whatever. We're now in it with City for the Premier League and the Champions League. Of course, other clubs in, in there, Liverpool for the Premier League, big clubs that you don't disrespect in the Champions League. But what, I hope these players have come back raring to go. Like, this is it. Big, well, first it's big two months before another international break. And then it's a big final two months. So it's two two-month stints. Just go big. Go really big. Every game matters now. There's none of that. You know, even with the FA Cup, which I didn't want to go out of, you know, the nerves aren't quite the same. Yeah. Liverpool at home in the league isn't quite, you know, there's something about rather than Liverpool at home in the FA Cup. And, and that's not, that's just a, that's a hierarchy. It's, a, it's an order of priority to a degree, I suppose. But every game is crucial now. And I really hope they come out firing. I hope they come out showing us that they got their energy back, that they got their ideas back, they got their shooting boots back, and that they're ready because... 
you know, Jordy made that point brilliantly, you know, you win a couple games and but winning a couple games means Liverpool are in there. So that gap of five goes down to two. And then City, even if they keep doing their thing, we're three points behind them. Now, if people had said, you know, going into mid-Feb, you know, the start of the season, you'll be three points off City, two points off Liverpool. I'm not saying we would have been happy with that, but that's by no means a disastrous position to be in in the league. So this can turn around quickly, but they need to come out firing. They need to come out firing. They need to tell the fans that break has it's brought us back raring to go. I think even if we limp over the line, I think we'll be relieved we've got three points. But the concerns will be there. And I think the concerns have been underlying all season. Is Havertz an A? I don't get the balance of midfielder. Just get the balance right. I want 11 good performances on the pitch. And let's build some momentum. They've got, they've got I, a proof. They've got sorry, a sorry. <laughs> they've got to prove that because the, the recent form and this might be unfair of me and listen this is this is not you know this is typical of me people know me if you know me you know me pessimist but I just feel like they have to prove that that last season and the the, the first 18 so games this season wasn't us completely riding a wave completely riding you know the momentum that we found ourselves in and the the plaudits we was getting and the praise and the because the last six games is making me wonder whether it was that wave that we were just riding 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 till the very last till we're till we're on the sand now are we on the sand or are we going to pick up a next wave that's what i want to see now because james is right we're not in a People will watch this and and they might call it a negative podcast. I don't think it's been that. I think we've just discussed negatives. I don't think it's been a negative podcast. I think, you know, when you discuss negatives, people tend not to like it. Um, but I just feel like we've, we've got to now find that next wave and and prove doubters wrong. And there's doubters within the fan base, including myself here. You know, I'm speaking for myself, but, you know, I know other Arsenal fans that have many doubts too right now about whether we have that player that can step up to be counted um, in tight games, whether, you know, Arteta did make the right decision with Havertz coming in and there's still some hope he finds. Is, these are all things that need to be answered in the next four games, in my opinion. They need to be answered. Um, but yeah, and let's... To, go sorry, just for a final quick point. And to, your, to that point, Turkish, um, I think that although I mentioned forget the title race, just focus on one game at a time. I think while I think the title's dead for us, stay in the pack to prove that actually it wasn't just a nice 18 months that we had where actually we were, we were pretenders. If they can put together a nice short run of games now, just stay in the pack, get to March where the, to the point where it's not dead. We may still be third come March, but you're six points off top rather than 11 points off top. Just stay in the pack. Just go under the radar. Just stay as just just cling on. Just cling on to whoever's at the top for as long as possible. Yeah. Let's get to March and let's see where we are then. You lose or drop points on Saturday, you're done. Yeah, if, you, if we lose or drop points on Saturday and you find this podcast negative, please don't tune in next week. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. Um, <laughs> predictions now. I've got Lee on WhatsApp. Hopefully he's ready and he's not in the middle of Thailand with his shirt off on a motorbike. Well, let, me just, let me just see quickly before we get into it. Um, all right. He is third on the list, as you can see from well, as you can see from the table now. So James, kick us off with your prediction, bro. 3-0 to the Arsenal. Oh, 3-0. I'm going 3-1. 
I thought James might actually take um, my usual prediction. So 3-0, 3-1. Lee messaged me saying 2-0. He'll stick with that because he assumes James will go 2-1 and I'll go 3-1. So he was 50% right there. But he's gone 2-0. Curtis, what's your prediction? I'll go 2-1. I think it'll be a nervous, edgy win. 2-1. Well, what, what, as in 2-0 up, they score with 10 minutes to go? and then... Yeah, maybe something like that. I just think, yeah, yeah. yeah got a few of those. 2-1. Got a few of those. Jordan? I'm not convinced we win. And oh, I don't no. think anybody's rationale can... Beyond, oh, we've just got to win. Or we've had a break. <laughs> I need someone to tell me a genuine reason why you think we win this football game. Can I, can I, can I, can I, can I, can I read Lee's last sentence? <laughs> go on, go on, go on. <laughs> uh, let, let me rewind. I take it that you're going 3-1, James probably 2-1, and the wanker will go for a draw. <laughs> <laughs> Lee knows me. Lee knows me. I'm just keeping it real. You lot are giving score lines that you hope will happen because you can't tell me apart from, oh, but we've got a win. That's not a reason. Tell me why you think we're going to win. We're a better you're team than Palace. You're, you're, you're we're a better team than West Ham. We're a better team than yeah. bloody Fulham. Didn't win yeah. those games. So what, why yeah, now? What, 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 can you explain why you're bottom of the prediction table then? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's also a fair point. To I'm Wait, Jordan, do you want me to tell I'm you why for... we're going to win, by the way? Go on, go on, go on. Arteta went to Salt Bay's restaurant. <laughs> oh, let's allow that talk. Let's, let's skip past that, Curtis. That sprinkle skip. of no, magic. No, we're not doing that. That's a whole half an hour. No, no, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. I'm they say gonna... it's the, the fine margins that win you, you know, titles. Oh, it. James. Oh, also, oh yeah. God. Um, you know, I'm going for Jordan, the, I'm Jordan's going... been, you know, you, you, lot don't, you lot don't know. Jordan's been fed in the same manner. <laughs> yeah, but the, the difference is there was no cameras around Turkey. Like, no one, there's, no, there's no proof. Yeah. I'm, not putting that shit, I'm, feed I'm not feed. putting that on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> that video gave the um, opposite fans so much ammunition. Curtis, he's killed us. He's yeah. killed us. He's killed us. If we don't win on Saturday, that will go viral. Trust me. But anyway, he's killed you. It's with a Turkish man in a Turkish restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why? Look and a thumbs up. Why did this thumbs up always come at the wrong time? <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, I'm going for a goal of straw. No, no. Oh, I can't wait to watch that game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll probably nick it 1-0 in the last minute but um, I'm and I can hear that. us all on minute 77 just bring on Eddie bring <laughs> on Reeves yeah good luck with that just do something <laughs> give you off a height in the box just do something just do anything just do it. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then we'll nick it maybe in the 89th the title race is on <laughs> yeah I'll hear Curtis on his string I never doubted him yeah <laughs> always right at that have a sign the ting Arteta sign the ting four more <laughs> years <Literature> is happening <laughs> uh, uh, predictions done um, so Jordan's gone for a nil-nil James has gone for a three-nil I've gone for a three-one Lee's gone for a two-nil and Curtis has gone for a two-one so every single score different amongst the five of us um, and you don't know me if it's nil-nil at 80 minutes our group chat's going to be active trust me I'm going to be in that group chat active I'm just what letting you know say? you hope Palace hold out for the draw <laughs> no, no comment no comment, <laughs> no comment. Uh, let's round it off with comments of the day people um, obviously Curtis exempt from this. Um, Jordan, James, I assume you've got yours ready. I've got mine ready. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll kick it off. Captain Mayo 
said, you guys are the perfect blend. Jordan, salty. James, sweet. Lee, bitter. Turkish, cheat. I'll take it. I'll take it. It's did a fair guys, point. Did you guys grab them from um, the draft video or the video before? I, 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 I had a few from both, video. but the one I've got here is from the draft video. Yeah, mine uh, from the draft video. I, I appreciated all the comments around the players we missed out. Like, I didn't realise how many, like, yeah, good players probably were worthy of conversation. But I just, it's really simple. And I might have also forgotten about comments till quite late. But um, King Thomas just says, a man said Oleg Luzhny. Oh, sure. I had that as well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had that as well. And Curtis, we're doing an all-time draft, yeah? And this guy in the top right corner says Oleg Luzhny, man. No, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Curtis, they, them guys bent me over. Man. Them guys bent me over, yeah. I had to hey, go Hey, hey, no one, no one bent you over. I had to go last. Hey, pause. What's going on on this show yeah. last week? Time out, time out, time out, time out. No, 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 no. I'm gonna say it. They, they, they f me over. Yeah, I, I had to go last on every single pick, and even the comments were saying it was wrong that Jordan had to go last on everything. So I had to go with people like Oleg Luzhny. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? I got bet anyway. Yeah. Um, Do, does Oleg Luzhny make your top four of any position? No, no, sure. Cool. So no excuses. <laughs> I'll, I'll hold that one. I've got a couple here. I've got um one here. Uh, where was it? Where is it? Where is it? Uh, where is it? James, you go next. I just you did. Oh, you just got over you. Oh, there was there was two really good ones. Oh, you can take a two. point deduction. I don't mind. No, 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 no. There were two really good ones that I've got here. I thought I screenshot it. Uh, <laughs> as he as he's scrolling through the. I am. I am. I am. I am. I am. Frantic. I am. I am. I got a couple really good ones. Good this is this is undoubtedly my favorite podcast. That one from Phantom Six Man. That was a good. That was oh a yeah, that was one. Sure. You tell me, you saved that. This is you. Hey, Jordan, you are going to the point. Hang on, hang on, hang on, There was a couple. Where was I? I've lost it. I'm <laughs> you oh, this lost this one. this gallery this, this, and this, seen this, like nights out was, pictures. This, yeah. <laughs> this was a good one seen as well. Seen him in a nightclub like, yo. <laughs> this was a nice one, guys. There was literally nothing on YouTube until this popped up. Love you guys. That was a really nice comment. That like was that the first well. comment. Now nah, I'm talking you. Up well, no, no, it was it was comment I'm five actually, but because nah, nah, nah. James took my one. James took he the one that I had. Scrambling so. here, by <laughs> the way. <laughs> scrambling. I don't know if the sun's in his eyes. <laughs> He's just going back through the comments. Nah, I'm going to be the one. I, 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 I read through I, I, the I, worst I, comments I've ever heard. I want to big up Johan, who's a Liverpool supporter, but he loves our podcast as well. I saw him at King's Cross Station. So big up Johan, Liverpool fan, but loves the Forever Arsenal podcast and all the other comments as well. They're That's all great. There's too many to pick. That turned into a segment on the show. If you see Jordan out and about in London, stop him and tell him your name because he'll shout you out at the end of this show. Yeah, man, are. show the love, man. I'm the people's, people's champ. Man of the people on the cheap. Yo, had a Liverpool. I big up anyway. Big up the, the opposition fans that watch the podcast because we've got a few of those. Um, hit the like button, people. I haven't reminded you to hit the like. So let's get to a thousand likes right now. Hour 18 minutes. It wasn't even meant to be an hour. And to be honest, it's going to be an hour 20 because as usual, we have. Final, final point. Um, sorry, interrupt, final interruption. I want to just big up. I've got a brand new podcast called Not For Clicks. We're on episode two. So those that want to hear more of me, that's probably only three of you. Um, you can go to our YouTube page, which is just, just up. That is generous. We're also on all the podcast outlets as well. So not for clicks. We talk about football, but also sport. We don't analyze games, but we talk about all the kind of issues and review, review documentaries as well. So not for clicks. Big up yourselves. Check us out.
There you go, people. Not for clicks. Big up, Jordan. Um, what we'll do is, we'll, you know what, Jordan? Send the link and we'll put it in the description below. Love. Um, we'll get that done for you. Um, Curtis, same thing for you, my brother. I'm sure they know where to find you, but um, I will pin the, the, the channel link in the description, Curtis Shaw TV. And a, a little breaking news, a little here we go. You might as well subscribe to Curtis's channel, Curtis Shaw TV. Subscribe to my channel, Turkish LDN. We have a show coming real soon. It might be tomorrow. It might not be tomorrow. Make sure you're subscribed and you'll know people. Um, and big up James. He's there clapping away, but he deserves yeah, a clap Turkish of his own. Curtis show. Turkish yeah. Curtis show. What's it called? You, you got it in one. The Turkish Curtis show. Basically, okay. Turkish and Curtis. That's a good name. Oh, you got a show together? Yeah. Oh, sick, sick, sick. Okay. Okay, nice, nice, nice. Really good. Yeah, it's called Not For Clicks. But <laughs> <laughs> then, then you owe me some money because we copyrighted it, bro. You know I swear, I mean? uh, it's called Fuck It. <laughs> and I, okay, the drawing board. <laughs> First one, one. out, exclamation mark. Let's get yeah, people yeah. <laughs> I've got one just for clicks coming out as well. <laughs> yeah. so. I don't mean anything I say on that, just so you know. So, by all means, come and join. <laughs> nah, just to round off the, the, the shout outs, though, James deserves a shout out as well because he's doing great things wonderful things on his channel i'm getting yes, inspiration man. from his channel too as well the editing the thumbnails all on point i'm someone who likes attention to detail so make sure if you're a fan of the stuff i do or me over the years go over and look at what james is doing because i see yes, you know i see the same trajectory there as well in terms of the way he makes videos the way he um applies himself to his content so make sure you subscribe to james bay well james gooniverse that's the at James B. Yeah, is the name. James whatever. But yeah. Thanks, guys. James. I appreciate that. Very kind. Come on. James B. Curtis Shaw TV. Not for clicks. And you know where I'm at already, people. Hit the like button. Get it up to a 1,000. Um, we will be back after the Palace game. And like I said, hopefully it's a three points because it's been a little while since we've, you know, had a, had a thumbnail with all four of us smiling. So hopefully the next one will be that. Until then, people, make sure you subscribe, put the notification bell on and look out for all the content coming. Love for the love. We're out. Peace. Podcast Network.